Thank you so much, Renata, for joining me on The Collective today. I'm so excited. I, You know you're like my my makeup best friend because we started at the network together. <laughs> what was that, like almost five years ago? I can't believe it's been like five years. I know. We, we were started. We were in the trenches, <laughs> in the trenches together. We were. Oh, my gosh. But thank you for having me. Thank you yeah. so much. So who is Renata? Um, you know, <laughs> last year was a milestone birthday for me. It was my 40th birthday. And, um, you know, who I am today is, is totally different than who I was 10 years ago. And we're going to talk about that. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm a mother. I'm uh, a sister, a daughter, a partner. Um, I'm a makeup artist. I'm a hair artist. Um, but I'm I'm finally get to the point where I'm I'm feeling like I'm coming into who I'm supposed to be, and that's just years of trial and error as far as trying to figure out my place in the world. Um, and being becoming a makeup artist really helped me get to that that space. So I'm I'm so grateful for what this career um, has done for me just on a personal level. Uh-oh, we're breaking up. <laughs> Can you hear me? We're breaking up a little bit. Now I can hear you. I wonder what's going on. That's weird. All of a sudden, it's like the universe is like. <laughs> the universe does not want to hear from us. <laughs> okay. Does it sound good? Yeah? Yes. There's a little echo, but I can hear you now. I wonder why there's an echo. All right. Hold on one second. But there's now a... it's good. Now it's good. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you have an extremely successful bridal business and you work full time in the makeup and hair world for a network. Mm -hmm. How did you get to this point in your career? How did, how did I get to this point? Well, um, most people who know me or know that I, I started in the banking and financing world. Um, so I totally <laughs> am using a different side of the brain. Um, but I, I started, you know, very similar to what we're going through right now, the country, the world was going through a lot of economic turmoil. Um, and in the banking and finance world, I found myself um, trying to figure out, okay, what can I do next? Um, because we just, things are just so uncertain. And so I always loved makeup, always wanted to, be a makeup artist, but I had no idea how to do it. And so back then, like 2006, the only thing I knew of was MAC Cosmetics or working at a counter. And so I, I got a freelance job at MAC. And in 2008, I moved to DC because I really wanted to make the career shift and take it seriously. Um, it was not easy. Um, at that time, I had recently gotten a divorce. I had a young son, and moving from Richmond, Virginia to D.C. was 
such a culture shock. Things cost like three times the amount here in DC. Um, it was just a much more fast paced area. And so I just, I don't, I don't know that I was really prepared for that um, mentally and financially. And so I moved to DC um, with no real plan. I, I just was like, you know what? DC is an area where women get their makeup done. Like women are a little, you know, they're going to social events. You have, you've just got a lot more going on here. So I'm sure I'll be able to figure it out when I get here. Um, and um, so again, working for Mac, freelancer, I worked for at Bloomingdale's at a counter, I became a counter manager for skincare, like just doing a lot of different things, but most of it was retail and you know, retail, you really can't make a living in DC doing retail. It's just really, really hard. Um, but those experiences taught me the importance of customer service and dealing with people very similar to my experience in finance, um, but just on a more intimate level. Um, it taught me how to really hustle because I had to start figuring out how to create other sources of income. Uh, because again, retail was just not, not cutting it. Uh, and so I started uh, doing weddings. Um, but just over the course of 10 years, it's just been just trial and error, meeting people, building work, um, stumbled across TV and film and production. And so that kind of opened up a whole new world of, um, you know, possibilities. And, um, you know, it was, it, it, that's how I learned or forced myself to learn how to do hair. <laughs> because, you know, in this area, you have to know how to do both hair and makeup. So I was like, you know what, I really need to learn how to do hair. Um, and so that's, I started doing a deep dive into that, and that's how I got into TV. And just it's just been an ever-changing, evolving thing. Um, I'm always trying to learn new things, always trying to build my skills. And um, so that's, that's, that's how I kind of got to this point. But it was really, it takes time. And that's one thing that I want people to understand and realize is that this thing does not happen overnight. And we, we came up in an era where there was not, I mean, YouTube was just starting, social media was just starting. So you really had to go back to basics when it came to building clientele, you know, being nice to people and, you know, putting customer service first and not only doing a good job, but just, you know, all of those components go into building a clientele and building a strong network. And one of the things, the best advice that I've ever gotten over the years is, you know, learning to play nice in the sandbox with other artists. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that people sometimes don't always get because a lot of your business, a lot of your work is going to come from your fellow artists, you know, people that you're working alongside. And, you know, there's enough business for everybody. You can't do everything. So you need to be able to have people where you can, you know, share those contacts, share those jobs and know that they'll do a good job. And so it's a lot of different things that make, make this work. Um, and so that's, that's pretty much how I got to this point.
So amazing, right? But I want to go back to you moving from Richmond with a little boy Mm -hmm. by yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about that because, um, you know, you and I talked about it earlier. It's part, you know, it's part of my story, having kids in the industry, and it's Mm -hmm. part of your story. So tell me what that move was like from Richmond to D.C. and Um, that little guy with you and starting a new industry. Yeah, I came first. And so my son stayed with my parents for a little while and then I and, and then I bought him here and I really did not have any type of family support here. The only person that I had here was my best friend. And um, you know, it was hard. It was not easy, you know, with DC traffic. You know, it was just it, it was impossible basically. It was impossible. And I had to make a decision, one of the hardest decisions of my life. But a very good decision is my son ended up moving back to stay with his dad. And um, I felt so guilty. I felt like I wasn't being a good mom. I felt like, oh my God, I am being selfish because I'm trying to pursue something where I could just go get a regular job, nine to five, go find something in banking. And it was, it was just really hard. And, um, eventually it worked out eventually it worked out because it was something that I needed to do it was something that as a family we needed to do it was good for my son to be with his father full-time but it was not an easy decision as as a mother we are constantly faced with decisions that we have to make because everything that we decide to do it affects our children if we take a job here, if we're doing this, it affects our children. And as a mother, if you're trying to build a career, you always have to face this, hey, are they going to feel like I'm committed? You know, it, you know, are they going to think I'm not available? Am I going to miss out on the opportunity? Um, but also, too, am I going to miss time with my children? You know, it's it's a very hard thing to juggle and to balance. And the hardest thing for us as mothers is the guilt part. The guilt of sometimes having to choose our job. The guilt of um, wanting something more for ourselves. The guilt of not always being there. It's just, it's a lot to manage. And I wanna I want to talk about that, especially in this beauty industry, because a lot of our peers don't have children. So they can work 80 hours a week. They can fly here. They can fly there. They can, you know, the only person that they really have to account for is themselves. And, you know, you have those of us who, you know, we have whole households that we're trying to run. We have multiple human beings that we're responsible for. And so it's it's a hard thing. But I think it's something that we need to really talk about and really provide some insight on how you can do it. Um, and not feel so much guilt about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there's the whole, there's the whole guilt all the time, right? And that guilt comes from like so many different aspects of it. And then too, there's so many of us who are like, you know, not only are we dealing with the guilt, then we're like, you know, I'm trying to make sure my kids grow up in an environment where they receive no trauma, right? Which is like like impossible in itself, because we don't know how you know, one thing yeah. can affect you differently than it affects them and that sort of thing. But Absolutely. it's like so many things to take into consideration. And and even Absolutely. just like 
not even just missing the baseball games or the soccer games or the play or the awards ceremony, but then it's also too like, who am I leaving my child with? Who's picking my child up from school every day? Who's going to get my child on the school bus? Who's, you know, like, who's going to pack the lunch if my call time is 3 a.m., you know? Yes, yes. My child is sick. You know, do I need to call my client and say, hey, little Johnny is sick. I can't come in today. Like, and then they're like, um, right? Yes. You know, like, do I have someone to cover that client for me? Does that client rebook Mm -hmm. with me in the future? I mean, I know that not in our industry um, that I've seen yet, but I know in other industries, um, you know, my, my brother, Microsoft, and this is pre COVID Microsoft, if you worked for Microsoft and you got sick, Microsoft paid a nanny to come and take care of your sick child for you so that you wow. can continue to work. Wow. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it is, it's amazing. And then there's a part of me that's like, it's amazing that you have that person that can come in and fill in without even like a, a hiccup. Yeah. Part of it's like, but should I be at home with my sick child? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so then there's that whole aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like that. You really have to, you really have to get to a place where you create balance and you are saying no. Um, and that is a place that I've come to and I am, as as hard as all of this is with COVID, the blessing that has come to me is that it has forced me to slow down. It has forced me to take a pause and reevaluate how I move forward um, when it comes to my business and balance. And I had to ask myself, am I willing to mortgage my family? and my children and my personal needs, mentally, physically, spiritually, for work. Where where do I draw the line? Where do I say no? You know, you have to really you have to really sit down and evaluate all of those things. And I've just decided that what is for me is for me. I am putting my children first. I am putting my, my household first. I am putting myself first and I I've got to find a way to, to really balance it all. So you just have to make a decision. You can't be afraid to make the decision. I've just decided that, you know, I won't be able to do everything. Um, but the time goes so, bu- goes by so quick with these kids. It's like, next thing you know, they're 18 and they're, they're, they're off in college. You know, I have a 20 year old and then I have an eight year old. And so I kind of, I've already been through it with the 20 year old. And so it's like my second chance to kind of, oh, I learned this the first go round. Let me try to, to do this a little differently. And so um, that's where I'm at in my life. I'm, I have decided that I, there's a way that I can create some type of balance and make sure that everything is taken care of. And there's just going to be some things that I'm just not going to be able to do. But I also have to believe that what is for me will be there uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the hardest thing to learn. It's like, you know, those, um, you know, sometimes we have to pass up jobs because our kids are sick, or we have to pass up jobs because we've, you know, the whole balance aspect to it, right? And mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. what's for me is for me can be such a difficult mm-hmm. thing. It is. You know, it is. To, to fully understand that, 
you know, that it's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'm in a very unique situation because I do have a job. <laughs> you know, right. I'm not 100% freelance. And so I have a job, then I have a business. And so it kind of balanced it out. But, you know, with us being creative people, having a job too can be difficult. And yes, we're doing hair and makeup. We're doing what we love to do. But when you are in commitment or in contract with a company and you, there are certain, there are rules to that. And so there's not always a lot of flexibility. And so you have to deal with the things with the, with the job as well. And so what I like to tell people is that with jobs, you have to go into it with a plan and a purpose. I am here to, to accomplish these things. And when you have that type of focus, it helps you stay out of a lot of the office politics that a job can present. And when we're, a, when we're creative people, Sometimes those constraints, oh, I've got to go to this place the same time every day. I've got to ask to have, you know, it, it can be very difficult. It can be very difficult. But I, I tell people that you have to really go into it with a plan and a purpose um, and, and because that will really help you get through it until you hit your goal. And then maybe it's time to go on to something else or do something different. But, you know, it, it, having those different avenues of income and those different sources um, can be very helpful as far as managing your finances, managing the type of work that you're doing, but you just have to kind of have a strategic plan to do it because it's not easy. Right. How, how often are you working on your plan? Like if you've got, you know, you've got your financial plan and <laughs> girl, <laughs> Everybody knows Renata has a plan. Like, it's in my purse. I will pull it out in between clients. <laughs> We've had discussions in the makeup room about our future, our plan, what we're going to, like, people know I love the plan. I, I, I look at it often. Like, it is, it is something, because plans change. You cannot create a plan and think that everything is going to go perfectly. It's just, that's just not the way that life it's just not the way that it is. Um, so I look at it a lot. I am open to changing it. I adjust it when it needs to be adjusted. Um, you know, I like to do a one-year plan. I'm not a, a big five-year. Like, that's a little too far out for me. But a one-year, two-year plan is something that I can digest. And then I break it down into monthly, weekly, daily. That's, that's how deep I go with it. And I carry it with me. I carry it with me. I, 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 it helps, it just helps me keep, it keeps me focused. It helps me stay on track. It helps me to say, okay, this is what I need to say yes to. This is what I need to say no to. Um, but yeah, I, I change it often and I look at it daily. That's awesome. I know I'm, Constantly with my notebooks, my notepads, my yeah. list. It's like a constant, yeah. constant yeah. evolution. Yeah. yeah. So with um with you having a full time a full time position, how is balancing for you? Like, how are you able to balance your full time job plus your bridal business plus you do 
um, boudoir as well, and mm-hmm. then other productions on the side? Like, how how is the balancing for that? I'm going to be a thousand percent honest with you. I was not doing it well. <laughs> I was doing a horrible job of balancing. Um, and so one of the things that I have, I've done is I've invested in a coach, someone who is good with systems and calendars and, you know, she's really helped me try to create a more well-rounded life because that's what we're all really striving for. And one of the things I'm really excited about is, so one of the challenges, one of the problems I was having is, is spending time with my child. Like I never saw my child. I would work. So my schedule would be four to midnight, Monday through Friday. But being the overambitious person that I am, a lot of times I would schedule jobs during the day, like as early as 5 a.m. or 3 or whatever time anybody needed me, I would be there, do a job, because my son was at school all day, do a job, come home, take a nap, and then get ready and go to work and be there by 4 and get off at midnight, go to bed at 1, wake up at 3. Like, that was my life for a long time. And um, and I, I, I personally suffered because I wasn't getting enough rest. Um, the weight gain is real. Like <laughs> the freelance 15 or 20 or 30 pounds, like it's real. You know, you just, you go, go, go. And it's, and it's because again, you're afraid to say no. You don't wanna miss those opportunities. My fear was, oh, God, if my full-time job ever decides that they want to end the relationship with me, I don't want to have to rebuild my freelance business. I, I, I like to have options. But there has to be, there's a fine line there. there, there you've got you've to really evaluate and say, okay, when am I going to sleep? When am I going to spend time with my family? When am I going to work out? When am I going to have some personal time? When am I going to create? for learning new things and just being a free spirit like you've really got to you know again say no to something so I was not doing it well and thankfully with this hard reset I am looking at how do I move forward um how what is life going to be like once things ramp up again and we get to uh some type of new normal what is that going to look like for me and so, no, I was not doing it well. I would not recommend anybody <laughs> doing that for a long period of time. Now, yes, I, I've made money. I have made lots of money. I've been able to save some money. I've been able to hit some financial goals. But, again, there's a give and take there. And so you've just, to answer your question again, I haven't done it well. <laughs> but I'm working on it. Yeah, I think. Post-COVID is going to be so interesting for so many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and a part of a part of the industry as a whole, um, whether it's freelance or you're behind the chair or you're working yeah. on a TV series or any other type of production or whatever, right? There's yeah. always that that fear of, of scarcity, right? It's yeah. Like, like, I have to do more, I have to do more, I have to do more mm-hmm. because what if that job's not there next week? Or like, what if... Yes. You know, what if my clients quit coming or what if, you know, Mm -hmm. productions Mm -hmm. quit calling or like whatever. And so 
I think that's a huge thing for our industry that people need to talk about too is, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like that there's never going to be enough or, yeah. uh, or that it may not be there tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think and we're going to have to reimagine and get creative and, um, so for me, you know, when I hit 40, it was, okay, what is the next 10 years going to be like for me? I, I, my biggest fear is being a, and this is no shade to anyone who's, who is mature or older, but I do not see myself carrying a kit to a set at 55 and 60. Like, I, I don't think that's going to be me or being in this type of hustle, the way that I'm, that I, that I have to hustle. I can't do it. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, what is the next phase of this for me? Um, you know, what do I do next? That is very tricky. <laughs> um, because I, there's this fear that you age out, right? That you age out and that nobody wants to work with anybody older. <laughs> um, you have all of these new people that are coming in and they are they're social media savvy and they're just willing to put themselves out there. Like it's a whole new breed. And so you're trying to figure out how do I, how do I create a space for myself where I can be seen and heard and my work can be, is is considered valuable. So it's, it's tricky. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean it's gonna it's definitely it's gonna be so interesting, right? And I, mm-hmm. I think you know, because all of us are artists, you know, and so it's like this like for me through COVID and I and I think for you too, like I've been able to tap into so many pieces of myself mm-hmm. that I yeah. wasn't able to in that go 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 world. And yeah. There's something that like during this time I I it used to just be like the hustle and everybody mm-hmm. rewards the hustle and I no longer yeah. reward the hustle. No. No. <laughs> you know? No. Like it's no longer like you know, like I do want to be able to support my family and I do want to do what I love, but mm-hmm. I do not I do not want to be working. I mean, you remember the last election, right? It's like Yeah you know, 35 yeah. days, <laughs> 35 days without a day off working at multiple networks every day. Like, why? Oh, my gosh. I remember getting off and sleeping in my car in the garage because I was so scared I was not going to meet my next early morning call time. Like, that's the type of stuff that was happening. Sleeping in cars in the garage, like, okay, I'm gonna pack a bag and just like it's real out here people don't realize no (laughs) I I I distinctly remember me sleeping in the garage and and Lee um for those of you who don't know who Lee is Lee is my husband but Lee went to like I don't know like Target probably you know and got me this like sleeping pad (laughs) so that so that I could lay my seats down and like Girl. have a bed in the back of my little scion because I was going to be sleeping in the garage the night before Ooh. inauguration because I couldn't get out of the city and get back into the city exactly. the next morning. Exactly. It was, it was that kind of stuff that we were doing <laughs> <laughs> and was proud to do it. Let's, let's yes, just be like, absolutely. we were happy, 
happy to do it because it was such a, an important time in history and we wanted to be a part of it and we're willing to do anything. And yeah. so, you know what? And I, and I say to artists, it's like, what are you willing to do that doesn't compromise your integrity, doesn't right. compromise who you are? Um, because that's also important. We don't want to be out here doing anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, was, that was a real time. That was a real time. Woo. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want, you know, it's like, we are yes people, right? Um, mm-hmm. But we've also learned the value of how powerful no can be, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't, it's like, I don't want people to think that I've lost that whole like, yes, person personality, because no, I'm absolutely there for it. I'm going to yeah. do what it takes. But I also have realized during COVID and, and sounds like you have too, that it's okay to say no, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. it's going to be interesting, like, especially in the world that you're working in, when everybody mm-hmm. comes back to and to see like, is the go, go, go and the hustle, not mm-hmm. with you personally, but with people that you're surrounded with, will it yeah. still be there? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things, and I, I want to shout out, um, you know, Shannon Bream, who's a talent that I work with uh, probably like two or three years ago. And she said something to me that has stuck with me. And it, it was, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no for me. Like, if I'm not excited about it, if I'm just not like really pumped about doing something and I'm second guessing it, it's a hell no for me. Like, no, like I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of like my measuring stick. And what I decide that I'm going to take and what I'm going to do. And, 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 you know, let's be clear. Sometimes you have to do things that you have to do, you know. But I know why I'm doing it. I know it serves a purpose. But for the majority, if it's not something that I'm excited about, or if it's, you know, you reach to a certain point sometimes where it's like, you know what? It's time to change. It's time to go. It's time to shift and do something different. And a lot of times we're we're scared we're we're scared to do that. And I always have to go back and think about what that shift was like for me going from banking and going to beauty, and how scary that was. But there was just something in me that was like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Like you you have to pursue this. Like there's there's something. And I just go back and I was like, I remember how that, what that feeling was like. And um, just look at where you you are now. Like I I really am doing, I really do have my dream job. Like this is what, I enjoy making other people feel good and look good. And um, I, I just, I can't imagine if I had just stayed in that banking world I can't imagine what my life would be like right now. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're talking about that fear, I I I think it's the fear of evolution, right? It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. we have we're constantly evolving and then and yeah. then there's that fear within it. Like the whole like what if scenarios play out. Yeah. And yeah. and we have to follow that um we have to follow our intuition. We have to follow our instinct or mm-hmm. that divine guidance to which direction yes. we're supposed to go. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. 
So what's going on now? What's what is post COVID Renata going to look like? Uh, I'm working on that right now. I'm I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with my business, the type of work that I want to focus on. Um, and just making sure I'm not doing things just because everybody else is doing it. You know, I don't want to get into that trap because then it's not going to be true to who I am. And so um, my business, I still love doing weddings. You know, I know that's going to change how that happens going forward. Um, but weddings, I feel like is is a part of, I love doing that. I love working with photographers. Uh, I love working with everyday women. I know people strive to work with celebrities and uh, I have no, <laughs> I don't really have any desire really. Um, I like working with everyday women. Um, that has always been my thing. It's why I started. It, it, it's what makes me happy. Um, and so I, I think I'm going to really stick with that. I want to move into some type of educational space. And one of the things that I've really gone back and forth with is, is that feeling of, oh, my God, nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> or you feel like, oh, there's already so many educators out there. Um, but one thing that we have to remember is that we all bring a different perspective to the industry. We all have something different to share. And no, I'm not going to be teaching people how to do makeup. I'm not going to be teaching people how to do, I'm just not going to. I want to teach people from the perspective of building a business, teach people from the perspective of the importance of finances and creating a strong financial foundation. I want to teach from the aspect of when you want to start a family or if you have children, what is what does the the industry look like for you? Because I think we're being left out. I think um, we are women are afraid to have children because they're scared that you know they're going to have to give up their career, and it doesn't have to be like that. Um, so I definitely am going to go into the educational space. I just need to know what that looks like for me. Yeah. It's, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's something that I'm, that I'm working on and, and within the collective, you know, so it's, mm -hmm. it's interesting, you know, building, yeah. building these worlds, you know, that yeah. things that are missing within our industry, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, and it's something that we, we all have to do. We're all have, we all have to reevaluate this because we just don't know what this, what the virus or future viruses or we just don't know. And so it's really forcing us to really open ourselves up and see what else we have to offer this world. And, um, but it really starts with, there's a lot of, a lot of mindset work. There's a lot of inner work because a lot of times we feel like we're not good enough. I just got to a space probably <laughs> two weeks ago about being comfortable with the type of makeup artist that I am. Like, I am a natural makeup artist. I am not going to beat your face to oblivion and I'm not going to use glitter and butterflies on your face and crystal. Like that is not my world. 
And I was feeling really upset and really defeated and feeling like, oh my God, I'm not a good artist because I don't do those things. Um, and I was like, no, you, you are who you are. You, you, and there's a space for you for that. And I, and I, I just got to that space where I felt like I was enough. Like what I was offering to this industry was, was valuable. And so it, it definitely takes a lot of a mind work and emotional uh, check-ins with yourself. Yeah, I, um, one of the biggest jobs I had in like one of my first really, well, I mean, it's still probably the biggest film that I've ever worked on, mm -hmm. but um, I worked with a makeup artist from New York and she's old school and mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, she's been in it for like her husband was a special effects makeup artist and he passed away. And I, I think he was yeah. much older when he, so she's probably, oh, I don't, I mean, she's probably at least, at least in her mid seventies, right? Like, gotcha. um, and she said to me like, well, I can't remember exactly how she worded it, but she'd asked basically like what my specialty was. And mm -hmm. then, and this is several, it was, mm, this was on the set of Wonder Woman 1984. So this was probably like, I don't know, at least three years ago. Yeah. Um, maybe going on four years ago. And I sat there and I was like, my specialty. Like, what is my specialty? And she said, whatever your specialty is, that's what you focus on. And she was like, don't worry about like, you have to know how to do special effects to get into the union. And you need to know how to do out of kit effects. Because if there's, you know, if there's a moment on set. Yeah. You know, if it calls for it, you need to learn how to do it. But she was like, really yeah. focus on on who you are and what you do. And that was something that for a long time I fought with as well, because it was like, well, I have to know how to do all of these things. Right. And mm -hmm. then, you know, the type of person that I am, which is, you know, we share a lot of personality traits <laughs> um, yeah. is that whatever I do, I have to be like I have to give it a hundred percent. Right. And I yeah. need to be able to yeah. do it a hundred percent. I need to know, I need to understand it and learn how to do all the aspects of it and, and for it to be pretty close to perfect. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and you so want to be known as the person that can do everything. Like you don't want to be boxed out of a gig because people feel like, Oh, yes. well, that's not what she does. Right. Um, so that's a big fear too. We, we don't want to be known as a one type of, we want to be able to do it all so we can get all the jobs. Right. <laughs> Which, which has done a disservice to us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. like it's it's something that, like we have to know how to do all these things because we don't ever want to not get a job. And then that goes into yes. the whole scarcity thing too, you know. It's like, mm -hmm. so it's kind of been a disservice to our industry of, you know, in that aspect. I mean, as far as like, yeah, you need to know how to do hair and makeup. That's a little bit different than you need to know how to do all of these things with hair, wig styling and all of these things. And yeah. then you also need to know how to do, you know, special effects makeup and, you know, cuts and bruises and all of these different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which there are jobs that call for us to know everything, but I do think, you know, what you're saying about coming to terms with the type of artist that you are. Yes. Yeah. And also too, we we've got a really um open up our minds and I, I'll say this and I may ruffle some feathers and you might have to edit this out, but <laughs> um, so in the DC, DC has a certain makeup vibe or look and we can get really boxed into that 
and feel like, oh, if I don't do this particular makeup look, I'm not going to be deemed as a DC leading makeup artist. But it's like, we got to really open ourselves up to like, okay, what are they doing in LA? What are they doing in New York? What are they doing in Chicago? What are they doing in Maryland? I mean, in uh, Miami, what are they doing overseas? Just kind of open ourselves up. And I think that's what happened to me. I was like really trying to fit into this DC makeup mold. And that mold does not work. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work when you're trying to get into um, ad campaigns and, and beauty. You know, you've got to really open yourself yourself up and, and you'll realize that, oh, there are other makeup artists like me. There's, there's, there's a need for that. And so um, I've had to come to terms with that, that maybe I'm a product of my environment. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's um, it's quite interesting, right? Because the um, the look, like like what you're calling the DC makeup look, doesn't work for every person in DC. Meaning that particular look doesn't work for every person going on air. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, there are times that we have to that we do a specific look on someone that we know is not so great for their mm-hmm. for them, right? And then we do it yeah. because because that's what's required um, in that environment. So I, I do know that um, when I stepped away from that market for a little while, you know, and like traveling back and forth and the whole thing, but I do yeah. know that once I came back into the market more often, I did notice that people were asking for, um, you know, they still, they still wanted like that traditional eye that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, for the networks, right, in this market. Yeah. But they wanted their skin to be more visible, right? So they wanted like yes. less coverage. And so I did see that, which was yeah. interesting, which was great for me because that's my favorite thing is skin. So yeah. for me, I think, like, I think it's changing. I think as more of us are coming into the the system, we are we are redefining what that looks like. We are we are freshening freshening it up. And, and we are making it a little bit more modern. And so, yes, we are slowly um, changing how we're doing things and just, you know, I always felt like makeup should not be a mask. Like, yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> no, not be a mask at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like if you like, and now I'm thinking, cause we're talking, so I'm thinking about in this market in particular, in the DC market, I'm thinking about um, like the evolution of makeup and how yes. when I started in the TV world, certain networks had a very specific look and yes. then the networks all started to have a very similar look. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to see how everybody moved to this particular look and now it's like kind of, dissolving a little bit it's interesting it's very interesting actually but yeah no I I agree and I think most of us who go into this business go in because we want to make people feel good about the way they look and we want to enhance the beauty that is already there right yes absolutely so that's the the putting the mask on has become kind of a kind of a Mm -hmm. hinder to that you know yeah the mask and the lego head (laughs) (laughs) the helmets the helmets and the mask So it's going to be interesting because I think that COVID has been such a time for so many people because this whole conversation we've had has really been like, 
you know, you're talking about like the evolution of yourself and like, and mm-hmm. who you are and really like yeah. honing in on who you are. So it's going to be so interesting to see yes. just the environment that we come back to and yes. because we're not alone. Others are going through Mm-mm. this. Yeah. My prayer for everyone is that in the midst of everything that you're going through, and I know I, I have been very fortunate as far as um, just everything. I have not been without, I have not lacked in any way. Um, but one thing I'm really hoping that people really take advantage of this time to really spend time with themselves, spend time with the people that they love, and just be open. I, you know, I shared this with my clients and my Facebook community and, and social media community. I'm going to be homeschooling in the fall, and it's been something that I've wanted to do for years because traditional school just did not fit our lifestyle. But I was afraid to go against the grain, knowing that my lifestyle as an artist, my work schedule, traditional school just is not fit for us. But I was afraid, I was so afraid to go against what was normal. And I had to say to myself, it's like nothing that you're doing is normal right now. Like (laughs) normal was the banking and finance career. Normal, I don't have a normal schedule. I'm not like, get out of normal. You, there's nothing that you're doing that's normal. Uh, I was so afraid, um, but I'm really excited. And, and due to this time, I've really opened myself up and like, in order for me to make this work, for it to continue to work and to um, just to create some balance, I've got to be willing to do things differently in every aspect of my life. And I'm, so I'm really praying that people get to that point get to a space where they're really willing to open themselves up because you know what is normal anyway right yeah I have this conversation with my kids all the time normal versus weird right and like, mm-hmm. who defines the two you know? yeah but it's it's what we're doing or and what we have to do and like not just for ourselves but for our kids is this we have to reprogram mm-hmm. right Yes, like so much reprogramming. Reprogramming, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I have this exact conversation of, like, well, what is normal and who makes it normal? Who defines that and who defines mm-hmm. weird? And I'm constantly telling, especially my 11-year-old, that, um, you know, everybody's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Tell me one person I have never, that I've ever met who doesn't have some Mm -hmm. weird, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. weird aspect to them, right? Or characteristic Mm -hmm. or. Yes. Because you know I'm weird. (laughs) (laughs) You're not weird. You, you, I've loved you from the day I met you. I just, I felt like, oh my God. And when you left me, I felt so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was again, you understood, like you, 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 you get it. Um, like you said, we have very similar personalities. Um, we have children. Like it was, it was so refreshing to have someone next to you that just understood it from your perspective. And so um, I love what, that what you're doing with the podcast. I'm glad that you are showing the world who you, who you are and what, what you bring and, and I love it. I love it so much. Um, and so I've really enjoyed this time talking with you and our perspective. Um, 
when it comes to makeup in this beauty industry and being mothers and, and, and having the type of personalities that we have, it's, you know, a lot of times we get overlooked, you know, they always want to reward the person that's loud and mm-hmm. obnoxious and, <laughs> and over the top and extra. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, well, what about me? You know, I'm not, and that's another thing that I've really come to terms with and accept. Yes. I'm not going to be somebody that I'm not. Right. And because of who I, it has served me very well. I have been able to listen and learn and watch. And I think a part of this business is also learning how to maneuver and to manage personalities and people that you normally would not give a time of day. But you, you learn how to manage those things because you, you've watched and you've learned and you've, you've been able to listen. And so um, people, this, our society does not celebrate people like us. They do not celebrate the introverts and the quiet spirits and the people who, um, you know, are not considered extroverts. And that's another thing that I want to really help people with is that you don't have to be loud and extra to make it in this industry. You don't. Uh, there's a space for everyone. And we, you know, even for myself, all of my life, I've prayed to be an extrovert. <laughs> I've prayed to be able to go into a room and, and fan like a peacock and shine and, and take all the attention. And I'm just like, you know what, damn it, I'm just not that person. Y'all are going to have to accept me for who I am. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Because you, I mean, even being an introvert and being quiet and sitting back and, and listening, I mean, all of that has allowed you to grow into this amazing mastermind. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you have yeah. so much to share. Um, and so, and I think that's part of it too. It's like us learning to not try to be number one, who we aren't. Right. But mm-hmm. like finding our own voice, right. It's like, yeah. Finding our own voice, even though our voice is quiet and soft, mm-hmm. it's there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And not minimizing yourself. I've right. made this mistake in my, in my career is minimizing myself because I felt like there wasn't a space for me. So I would, I would just, minimize like I wouldn't push it I wouldn't give my a hundred percent because I felt like well they're not gonna see it anyway why am I gonna and I and I have to constantly talk to myself like no do it you know what you're doing you're good kill it like and I feel like now people are starting to realize and even I am starting to realize it it's like damn you did that um (laughs) but it always wasn't like that I would I would constantly feel the need to minimize myself Yeah. So if you had a conversation today with Renata in 2010, so if today's Renata mm-hmm. had a conversation with two, 2010's Renata, what would you say yeah. to her? Um, it would be, number one, it would just be words of encouragement. Like you're on the right path. I know it doesn't look good right now, but you are definitely, you're on the right path. Um. The second thing that I would tell her is not to minimize yourself. You know what you're doing. You, you, you got this. Um, don't try to be like anybody else. Um, be yourself. Be yourself. 
Um, and, and, and I think those are the two main things. I felt like I, if, if I had figured this part out about minimizing myself a little bit sooner, um, I may be in a different place, but you never know. You never know. Um, but those would be the two things I'd say. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you having me, Brookie Poo. Yeah, <laughs> Am I allowed to say that in public? <laughs> yes, you're totally fine. <laughs> so share with us your social media handle so we can follow you. Ooh, let's see. So on Instagram, I am at Renata Lynette Beauty. My bridal business is at Capital Bride, and that's C-A-P-I-T-O-L. Um, let's see. I'm on Twitter uh, at Renata Lynette. I'm on Facebook. Uh, but may and also email hello at RenataLynette.com. Um, my website is RenataLynette.com. So I've I've gone through this whole rebrand, which is also very exciting for me during during COVID. It's like when you have time to do things that you know you should have done <laughs> forever ago. Um, that's another blessing that that COVID has helped me just really kind of hone in my brand and figure out how do I want to be seen. How how do I want people to really connect with me. So I, I am interested and I'd love to reach and meet new people. Um, so definitely check me out on those, those places. Thank you so much, Renata. Thank you.